Social Ventures Australia brings you this podcast from the SVA Quarterly, sharing insights from SVA's work and from across the social sector. Hey everyone, my name is Desmond Campbell and I lead our First Nations practice at Social Ventures Australia. I'm a Gurindji and Nalikan man from the Northern Territory and I'm joining you today from the beautiful Larrakia country in Darwin. I'd like to pay my respects to elders past, present, and emerging elders and leaders in our community. And hi, everyone. I'm Doug Hume, a principal consultant at Social Ventures Australia. I'm joining you from Wurundjeri country in Melbourne. Welcome to the SVA Quarterly Podcast. Yeah, welcome, everybody. It's really good to have you with us today. And it's also important to acknowledge and pay our respects to the custodians of the lands that our listeners are listening in from today, as well as any First Nations listeners. Also, this week that we are recording the podcast is a really special week, isn't it, Des? That's right, Doug. It's NAIDOC Week. NAIDOC Week is a chance to celebrate the history, the culture and achievements of First Nations peoples. So it's the perfect time to be sharing the story of a really important First Nations initiative today. Let me first set the scene for you. Australia has consistently failed to provide a justice system that supports and strengthens First Nations families and communities. But in 2019, SBA Consulting evaluated a pilot program in the Children's Court of Victoria that is a standout example of a First Nations designed approach that has transformed the court experience for children and families. The program is called Maramnalagambu and it is providing a more effective and just response for First Nations families involved in child protection settings. In this podcast, Des and I will go through the highlights of our article in the SBA Quarterly, which shares the evaluation's findings. We tell why the program came to be, what is unique about its approach, and the impact it is having on Kuri children and families. We'll also explain how the evaluation was conducted and call for the expansion of the program across, across Victoria and Australia as it offers a step towards greater self-determination in the child protection system. It's important we share the story of the model, which shows why we should invest in First Nations-led innovation and approaches. These approaches have the potential to transform First Nations people's experience of the justice system and provide lessons for social services more broadly. Now, throughout this podcast, you're going to hear terms like Koori, Aboriginal, and First Nations peoples. Because this program is based in Victoria, we'll be using the term Koori to describe the First Nations peoples from there, as as that's the preferred term. Thanks, Des. Helpful to get on the same page there. And I'll make one last point to frame the conversation. They said it best in a recent report, so I'm going to quote them. Most Victorian Aboriginal children are cared for in loving families where they are cherished, protected and nurtured where their connection to community and culture is strong, their Koori identity is affirmed, and they are thriving, empowered, and safe. That's from a report into Aboriginal children in child protection in Victoria entitled, Always Was, Always Will Be, Koori Children. Now, Maramnalagambu, which means we are one in the Woiwurrung language, was established in acknowledgement of this fact, but it is a response to the overrepresentation of Aboriginal children and families in the child protection system in Victoria. It's funded by Court Services Victoria in the hope to reunite children with their families. And the statistics are devastating. 
In March 2019, 19% of children, Aboriginal children, I should say, in Victoria were involved with child protection, compared to 1.5% of non-Indigenous children. What's more, Aboriginal children in Victoria are 16 times more likely to be removed from their families than non-Indigenous children, the second highest over-representation of any state in Australia. The individual, family and community effects of child removal cannot be understated. This situation has been described as another stolen generation, and numerous reviews and forums have called for a different approach. It's really shocking because we know there's a long history of bail policy that has led to this situation, and we know our Koori families care for our children. So what is Maramnala Gumbu? Well, Maramnala Gumbu is a hearing day at the Family Division of the Children's Court of Victoria in Broadmeadows, which is a suburb of northeast Melbourne. It was developed and launched in 2016 via a query-led and design process. Ashley Morris led the process and now coordinates Maramnala Gumbu. He was just 24 when he was given the job and consulted with the local Koori community to develop it, including Aboriginal community controlled service organisations, as well as stakeholders in the child protection system. The result was a number of common sense changes to the way the court was run and it has transformed the court experience for Koori children and families. Since its launch, over 450 Koori families have been through Maramnala Gumbu. When telling us about the design of the court process, Ash explained, and I'll quote him here, I was looking at the culture of the court and the culture of Aboriginal families and looking at the conflict. We needed to make sure that the court had access to the right information about these families to make the right decisions. Now, let's take a look at what that looked like in practice. Maramnala Gumbu works differently from the mainstream children's court in that three concepts are prioritised. They are, firstly, that it is First Nations centred. This means that legal processes are respectful and responsive to First Nations peoples and cultures. Secondly, they are child and family centred. This means that children, young people and families' voices and needs are prioritised. Thirdly, it uses a therapeutic approach to justice. This means that the legal processes are informal, encouraging and prioritise relationships. These three concepts inform a couple of ways that Maram Lamagambu is run. The first is that the court setting itself is adapted to meet the needs of Koori families. The second is that the court uses a case management approach. That means that Maramnala Gumbu staff and magistrates and a dedicated department staff member keep matters on track and hold the system to account. The department is responsible for child protection in Victoria. Now, in our report, we've included illustrations of what, of what we've just described, which draw on First Nations symbols to explain how the court runs. To see the illustrations, head to the SBA quarterly article. All right, let's look in more detail at the three concepts at the heart of Maramnala Gumbu. Firstly, that it has a First Nations-centred approach. First Nations-centred approaches have been a feature of criminal courts across Australia for some time, but it's rare to see them applied in a child protection setting in Australia or overseas. The key features of that approach in Maramnala Gumbu are that First Nations staff led the design, implementation, and the day-to-day -day function of the program. And this was important as the design process was a real power shift from non-Aboriginal to Koori staff. 
All right, let's look in more detail at the three concepts at the heart of Marimnala Gambu. Firstly, that it has a First Nations-centred approach. First Nations-centred approaches have been a feature of criminal courts across Australia for some time, but it's rare to see them applied in a child protection setting in Australia or overseas. The key features of that approach in Marimnala Gambu are that First Nations staff led the design, the implementation, and the day-to-day -day function of the program. And this was important as the design process was a real power shift from non-Aboriginal to Koori staff. Another is that Marimnala Gambu provides a culturally safe environment for First Nations families. The court setting acknowledges Koori culture physically and in how staff interact with participants. We'll talk more about what this looks like later. Another factor is that Marimnala Gumbu provides warm referrals to a range of Aboriginal controlled support services in the region. The evaluation identified these referrals were important in providing cultural safety and contributed to better outcomes for families and young people. Finally, was that staff in the court had a high level of cultural competence. As an example, one of the magistrates told us my awareness of culture has absolute, absolutely been heightened as a result of Marimnala Gambu. You need to be across all those issues when you are sitting that close to families and you feel the intensity of the legacy of the stolen generation. Now that's coming from a magistrate, so that's pretty powerful. It is, isn't it? Now, the second concept at the heart of Marimnala Gambu is that it's child and family centred. That means that they do all they can to ensure families and children attending Marimnala Gumbu can participate in it fully. They provide emotional and practical support to families to make that happen. And they empower children and families by giving them the opportunity to speak to one another, to magistrates and to the department about the history of their case and what they want to happen in their child protection matter. They recognize the role of extended family in the lives of the children and encourage families to bring elders and other people from the community to the hearings. Everybody who attends is invited to introduce themselves and their connection to the family. It also has a core belief that parents want the best for their children and that families should be given every opportunity and the support required to reunify their families if possible. One young Kuru participant described her experience and I'm gonna read that for you. The magistrate just wanted to put the lawyers away and the department and the parents and just talk to us kids. She was really nice and really calm and just treating us like equals. I was 14 or 15 years old at the time and to be treated like that by an actual judge who doesn't see us as just foster kids, it came as a shock to all of us that she wanted to speak with us like we were privileged. Thanks, Doug. And sitting here, hearing you say that quote really gives me goosebumps as I was one of the people that interviewed that young person. And it's just such a powerful story. It really is powerful, isn't it, Des? And it speaks to the final concept that I'll just touch on now, and that's therapeutic justice. Therapeutic justice focuses on the healing potential of the law, acknowledging the legal process itself can affect the well-being of people and be a positive or negative contributor to the goals of the justice process. This approach has been demonstrated to improve outcomes in courts across the world. In Marimnala Gumbu, this happens through the informal nature of hearings, which invite everyone sitting at the table to speak freely to the magistrate in a conversational manner, families and children included. 
It also means the court process is conducted in a way that's less adversarial. What's more, fewer cases are heard on a Maramalagambu court day than in mainstream court, allowing more time for each hearing. Hearings are also conducted in a way that is more collaborative by encouraging those in attendance to work together to find mutually agreeable solutions and placing high value in decisions reached in Aboriginal family-led decision-making meetings and in consolation conferences. So we've spoken about some of the concepts that underpin Maram Malagambu. In practice, this changes how the courtroom looks and feels, as well as how cases are managed through the court. Let's start with the look and feel. There's a few elements to this. Firstly, it's a culturally affirming environment. Doug, I remember walking in there and it felt really different to a regular courtroom. As an Aboriginal person, I instantly felt more at ease. There were Aboriginal artwork and maps on the wall and the artworks were from local community. Yeah, that's right. And one of those artworks was from the children of a local Aboriginal early learning centre, I remember. I think the children and staff in the centre presented the artwork to the court after they performed at the launch of Maramala Gumbu in 2016. Yes, and in the middle of the room is a big round table with a possum skin cloak created by Kuri children from the region. And that was topped with a kuliman filled with fresh gum leaves. A kuliman is an Aboriginal carrying vessel made of bark or wood, and it's beautiful. And in addition to the courtroom itself looking different, the process is different too. It's more flexible and less structured. So there's a maximum of 10 cases per day to allow more time for each matter to be heard. It's informative and accessible. This means that all parties sit at a round table. The magistrate sits there too and speaks directly to the parties and explains the process and information in simple terms and encourages parents through positive feedback and rec recognition of progress. The magistrates also adhere to child placement principle. This means that children are only removed from their family as a last resort and are placed with next of kin wherever possible. And we know that isn't always happening in regular court systems. I mentioned that Marimnala Gumbu also changes how cases are managed through the court. As we said, this is led through a partnership of Marimnala Gumbu staff and a dedicated department staff member, which provides oversight on each court case and ensures they continue to progress. This includes ensuring families and the department are prepared for cases to be heard on court hearing days and that court orders are followed up. They use what's called case docketing which means that case and court orders are managed consistently by one magistrate as they progress. So magistrates are familiar with the details of each case. So we've described what the model is and looks like. We'll now tell you what the evaluation found. It found that the court experience for Kuri families and children has been transformed by Marimnala Gumbu. Aboriginal people have felt welcomed, heard and empowered. Simple changes to the courtroom and process had a dramatic effect. This included the offering of support before, during and after court from Koori staff who built relationships with families and into the community. As one Koori parent who participated said, and I'll quote them, if I had any worries and concerns with stress leading up to court, I could get in contact with the support workers and it made a whole lot of difference. I was excited going to Marimalagambu because of the fairness. That's interesting, isn't it? Because we know that the court can often be a really intimidating environment. 
which points to another finding of the evaluation, that the adapted court process is leading to greater participation by family members and more culturally informed decision-making. And that in turn is making it, making it a more effective, culturally appropriate and just response for Koori families. Another Koori parent said, I was able to be heard and I was able to speak. My voice was heard and my children's voices were heard. At other courts, people are speaking for you and it's frustrating. Koori families are more likely to attend court at Maramnalangambu and more likely to follow court orders due to support of the magistrate and Koori staff. Also, the department staff are more accountable to magistrates and the court process in Maramnalangambu. There is also greater compliance with the Aboriginal child placement principle. There are also early signs that more families are staying together and having their children returned from the care of government. I might bring this to life if a story we heard through the evaluation. It showed how Maramnalagumbu can have a big impact on bringing families back together. We've renamed the people in this story. Sally is a non-Aboriginal mother of three children, aged 15 to 18 years old, who identify as Aboriginal. The family was involved in the mainstream children's court before moving to Maramnalagumbu, and all three of the children were on care by secretary orders which means responsibility for the children was removed from the parents and granted to the secretary of the department. It is enforced for a period of two years, unless the child turns 18 or marries, whichever comes first. Maram Nalagambu provided a space for Sally and her children to speak directly to the magistrates and access the support they needed for reunification to be an option inside and outside court. This included explaining court reports, support during the department's home inspections, and help to re-engage children in more appropriate schools that better met their learning needs. After more than two years of being separated from her children, through Maram Nalagambu, Sally was able to regain custody. At the time of the evaluation, Sally and her children were still living together. Sally said to us, when the magistrates decided to speak with my children on their own, it made me cry because no other judge would have done that. It's an amazing story, Doug, as it's really rare for care by secretary orders to be reversed. Any lawyer would tell you it's nearly unheard of. So it's really moving. I'll share a quote from a lawyer about this actually, who participated in Maram Nalagambu. They told us, I've seen outcomes that are surprisingly positive. For example, cases where children are on a care by secretary order and have been out of parental care for years. But because Maram Nalagambu has encouraged families to participate, and created a culturally appropriate space, it has obliged government to take a fresh look at the case and it held them accountable for their decisions and the children go home. Powerful stuff, Des. Important too is that the program is likely to lead to savings to government when children are diverted out of the child protection system or spend less time in the system. And that's because out-of-home care is expensive. The average cost per child of providing out-of-home care services in Victoria in 2018 to 19 was nearly $68,000 for the year. Children who spend time in out-of-home care are also more likely to enter the criminal justice system, develop substance dependencies, experience homelessness, and be hospitalised, which lead to further costs to government. Over time, government might expect to avoid these future costs, as these are early signs that families are more likely to stay together as a result of Maramalagambu. These savings are further outlined in the full evaluation report. 
Seems like a win-win for government, Doug. So that's quite a story, isn't it? We've heard about how the program was designed, how it's different, and the impact it's having. Maybe we should share a little bit about how we conducted the evaluation for those interested. Great idea, Des. <clears throat> so the evaluation was conducted in 2019 by SVA Consulting in a team led by Professor Kerry Arabina, a proud Marian woman of the Torres Strait, with contributions from Dr. Wendy Bunston, an expert in child-led practice. Research involved a mixed methods approach, including qualitative and quantitative analysis grounded in a theory of change. Court data was also analyzed. 30 Koori adults and young people were also interviewed to understand the impact of the program, as well as 30 people from other organizations involved in Maramalagambu. Interviews were trauma-informed and culturally safe. This was achieved by conducting interviews in a familiar space at a local Aboriginal community-controlled organization with supports available for participants in the interviews. Interviewers for the same sex as participants wherever requested and led by the Aboriginal team members where possible. Ethics approval was acquired from the Justice Human Research Ethics Committee with support from the Curie Justice Unit. Des, with all that detail down, do you want to share what's next for Maramala Gumbu, the exciting bit? Yeah, absolutely, Doug. Maramala Gumbu is a step on the journey towards a more self-determining approach to First Nations justice in the child protection system. The, eva the evaluation demonstrates how putting culture at the centre of the children's court process has led to major improvements in the experience of Koori families and to more families staying together. Marimnala Gumbu also demonstrates the importance of investing in First Nations-led innovation and approaches to social service delivery. The success of Marimnala Gumbu can be largely attributed to Ash Morris, its first coordinator, who brought strong leadership, determination, and common sense to his role in designing and delivering the program. I like what Ash said about this, Des, so I'll read it out. We've tried your system and it isn't working. We can't yet have our own. Talks for treaty are still underway. So let's meet in the middle and bridge the gap until we are ready. This will do for now. We've proved that it's working in the way child protection matters are dealt with for Aboriginal families. That's right. And we can't forget the magistrates here too. They were brave. They showed a willingness and a commitment to do things differently. And that really enabled the program We'll need more of this for Maramnalagambu to be expanded across Victoria and have the best chance of success. So look, we came to this evaluation process not knowing what we would find, but the evidence is clear. Approaches like Maramnalagambu have the potential to transform First Nations people's experience of the justice system and have lessons for social services more broadly. That's why Social Ventures Australia is joining others, including the Aboriginal Justice Forum and the Aboriginal Justice Caucus in calling for the expansion of the program. And in good news, since we wrote this article, a second Maramala Gumbu program has been launched at the Shepherd and Children's Court in April, 2021. So the science government is listening on this one. Well, that brings us to the end of the podcast. We really appreciate you listening and we hope you found it interesting. If you'd like to see the full report or to reference the article, go to the SVA Quarterly website. The article is called A Step Towards First Nations Justice in Child Protection.
You can also sign up there to get notified about future quarterly articles and podcasts. Thank you, everyone. Related podcasts and articles can be found on the SVA Quarterly site, www.socialventures.com.au forward slash SVA hyphen quarterly forward slash. Thank you.